millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash Entitled People, where people truly believe that they're the most important person in the world, and they should always get what they want. And in today's episode, Opie tells a story about inheriting a massive house from his grandfather, and the family does not like that. Guys, I hope you enjoy the stories, don't shake your heads too hard, and as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. Alright, so this happened about 25 years ago, and I still think about it once a month. My dad is really stuck up and entitled. He used to think of himself as a fancy business type fellow. We would go to restaurants, and he would try to order off-menu at like a chain restaurant. The guy also wouldn't wash his hands before we ate. And he would always have the waitstaff bring him lemons and then rinse his hands in the lemon juice because I guess that's what fancy people do. It always took several attempts to seat us because he would walk around the place trying to find a place to sit worthy of his time. He was insufferable. And as a little kid, it turned me into a walking apology for his behavior. So one weekend, we went to get dinner, just he and I, and he went through all of his usual behavior. He was actually in a pretty good mood, so I had high hopes. Unfortunately, as soon as the waitress starts taking the drink order, he found out they were out of real cream for his coffee. Now, my dad didn't swear or raise his voice because that's what the common people did. Instead, he decides to lay right into this poor woman about a restaurant not having the ability to meet basic needs of customers and then trying to smooth over things with cheap, fake products like non-dairy creamers. My dad was screaming at her that she was trying to make him sick by feeding him some sort of chemical swill and then demanded the manager right then and there. I remember her exact face as she just stared at him and took it, not knowing what to say, and it still haunts me. My dad ends up ordering just an appetizer, and she left politely, but she never returned. He and I sat in that booth for 30 to 40 minutes until the manager finally came out and went table to table explaining that the waitress had quit suddenly. My dad was of course offended, and the manager of course offered to give us our meal for free. And that's the part that annoys me the most, that my dad won. He actually said to me that people like her shouldn't work retail jobs if they can't handle customer complaints. Again, that was 25 years ago, and hopefully that woman found a better job. Wow guys, Opie's dad sounds like the nightmare customer that restaurants dread having walked through those doors. Like when Opie said it often took several attempts to seat them due to dad wanting to sit in a spot worthy of his time. Oh my goodness, that is like next level entitled. So this was a wild one today, and I feel obligated to share. I work in a casual, corporate, Applebee's-esque restaurant. There was a table of three young women today, a mom and two daughters, I believe, seated in the bar area for lunch. Immediately, our bartender waiting on them commented about their bad attitude, access questions and requests, entitlements, etc. You all know the kind of table I'm talking about. 
So fast forward 45 minutes or so, and they've left without paying their $80 check. She's pissed, and it's kind of a kick in the pants to all of us because it happens far too often at our location. So five minutes later, as she's cleaning the table, retribution. She finds a small purse, and she returns it to the manager. And here's where things get interesting. The bartender and manager immediately begin tearing into the purse like wild dogs, having found a fresh carcass. I suppose the justification is to look for some sort of ID, which is fair enough, but they didn't find that. There was a bank envelope with $120, of which they took the $80 to pay the check, and returned the rest. They also found a bag of weed, which the bartender took as her tip. And this is where things get even more interesting. Of course, the young thieving Dine and Dasher needs to reclaim her purse, so she returns within the hour. She has to speak to the manager, who returns her purse, minus the cash for their check and her precious drugs. He greets her by saying, So, you walked out on your check, right? She then proceeds to complain about service and how we weren't getting a dime from her, etc. He then informs her that we settled her check with the cash from her purse. And to her protest, he responds, What did you think was going to happen? But she leaves, and here's where things become slightly more interesting. All three return in force, and they demand to speak to the manager again. They all claim that something else was missing from her purse. The manager says, I don't know what to tell you. And that's when all three threaten to call the police to have everyone arrested for theft at this point. Yes, to report their missing illegal drugs. But soon thought better of it, as the manager continued to stonewall them, and they left in a huff. Perhaps this wasn't the most ethical way of handling the situation, but boy was it satisfying. Almost made it all worth it to see some sort of justice serve. And it's nice to know they won't be returning anytime soon. Guys, I absolutely love the instant karma those three received. And I know some may not approve of what management did, but the restaurant got what they were owed, and the cherry on top was the server took the fun stuff in the purse, and there wasn't a damn thing those three could do about it. And guys, the audacity of that woman to complain about management being thieves and wanting to call the cops on them. Like, did she forget she stole from the restaurant first? So, you've heard of entitled parents and entitled people, but how about an entire damn family? This started a few years back, but has come to fruition here recently. Without going into my life story, the basics are, my grandmother had been sent to a nursing home, my grandfather lived home alone, and I lived across town with my then-pregnant wife and first child. My grandfather, being a stroke victim, had a little trouble getting around, but he could still do the basics, like food, bathroom, etc. As he started getting older, these things were harder to manage, and that's where the entitlement starts. My grandparents have four children, and they're listed from eldest to youngest. Uncle number one and two live 30 to 45 minutes away. Entitled aunt and my entitled father live much closer, just outside of town limits, and the next town over, respectively. As my grandfather got to the state where he needed help on a daily basis, I started getting phone calls on a daily basis. My entitled father does not work. He's been disabled for years due to hip surgery. As for my entitled aunt, she works for the school district, and I'm a truck driver. One of these has erratic and unpredictable hours, and the others do not. I'll let you figure that out. Now, I'm gonna get a bit graphic, but not too much. Many days, after 10 to 12 hours on the road, I would get home. And then my aunt would tell me to go visit grandfather because he needed stuff. I would immediately go across town to find my grandfather sitting in his accident from earlier that day. 
I was told that he called everyone else, and he either got excuses or no answer. Making a long story longer, my entitled father and aunt wouldn't show their faces unless there was a big hullabaloo, or if they were to get something out of it. So this culminated in me, the wife, and the kids moving into grandfather's house. And after some time, grandfather signed it into my name, because in his words, I was the only one who gave a damn enough to come help him every day, and he thought I deserved the house. When his kids found out, however, that's when all hell broke loose. My dad and aunt went berserk. The house was a pretty giant mansion, as grandfather had done pretty well for himself. Father had ended up with a family farm, so I don't know why he cared. But entitled aunt and her daughter had been the previous beneficiaries of the house, if my grandparents were to pass away. This resulted in many, many days of arguments and threats to where I had to call the police, and all the other quintessential entitlement traits, simply because I had the gall to take care of my grandfather and then accept the house that was rightfully theirs, when they had done absolutely nothing to deserve it. Saying I don't deserve a nice house like this. Needless to say, I don't talk to over half my family anymore, including my own father, for this and other reasons. Now I know it's not the most entertaining or outlandish, but I wanted to share. Holy cow guys, like in my opinion, OP totally deserved that house, because grandfather thought OP deserved that house. Like those are some horrible kids grandfather has, neglecting him to that extent, and then getting mad when he signs the house to someone who actually cares about him. And guys, it also makes me so happy knowing that in the comments, OP said that his family went from barely scraping by, to all of a sudden inheriting this house, and not having to worry about rent anymore. Like, what a blessing that was. And while we're on the topic of entitled families, guys, this next one is absolutely wild. So this happened about a year ago, but it's a story that my friends and I still like to laugh about, so I'm gonna share it. Here's a short background. Myself and a group of friends have gotten together almost every Sunday for years to play a game called Savage Worlds, a kind of tabletop RPG. We used to meet in a private but popular little pub slash deli. We would come in regularly, and we spent a lot of money there during the hours we played. We also spent time getting to know the manager, owner, and workers there, always extremely polite and made sure to tip well. Because of our good business, the owner offered to start reserving a special area for us that was kind of in the back, therefore slightly more private. People walking up the stairs to the second story could see us over the railing, but otherwise, we were completely out of the way. Our story takes place on Mother's Day. Now, our GM, the guy who runs the game, specifically went and asked the owner if we'd be able to reserve the table since they were likely to be extremely busy, and the owner promised that the area would be reserved for us. The day comes, and everything seems fine. The sign telling the other patrons that the area is reserved is up, but we notice that it's pushed to the side and pointing a different direction, and we can hear voices coming from the area. We walk back there, and there's a family of about seven or eight having lunch, and they're drinking wine. We are a little early. Our reservation starts around noon, so we still had about ten minutes. But there's also other tables around, so we take a seat there and start talking quietly while other members of the group trickled in. I should also mention that several members of the family kept shooting us dirty looks, and then turning around whispering to each other. There were also three little girls with them who weren't paying us any attention as far as I could tell. After a while, one of the men turns to us and asks in a would-be polite tone, Excuse me, but do you have this area reserved? My GM very politely says, yes we do, starting at noon. Now keep in mind, our GM is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and he does not do well with conflict. 
The guys easily walked over. I usually am as well, but I'm quick to stand up for my friends. Karen, sounding much more snobby, says, Um, when did they start doing that, reserving tables for people here? My GM says to her, a couple of years now. Karen rolls her eyes and says, That's impossible. We're here every Sunday and we've never seen you. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My GM looks a little confused and says, well, we're here every Sunday for a few hours and we've never seen you. They then turn back to each other and begin whispering to each other. It's at least five past noon at this point and these people have decided to take their sweet time, just eating their lunch and they're shooting passive-aggressive looks our way, making small comments daring us to say something, while taking bites of their sandwiches, putting them down, holding long conversations while sipping on their wine. During all this, we've remained relatively quiet, thinking that since it's Mother's Day, we'll let them enjoy their lunch a bit longer before calling the owner over. We're just having a conversation to which we get death glares from the two women for apparently daring to talk or making any noise. The second of the two finally turns around. We'll call her Linda, Karen's sister. Linda says to us, um, excuse me, but you're being pretty rude. We're here first. I don't see a sign saying it's yours. That's when my boyfriend gets up and walks over to the small reserved sign that was thrown onto the floor. My boyfriend picks it up, brings it back, and then adds sarcastically, Oh, look, I found a sign that was supposed to be on the table. Linda just scoffs, and she turns back around, and they continue eating for another 10 minutes. My boyfriend's getting extremely annoyed at this point, and he tells me he's gonna go get a drink and find a manager, and that he'll be right back. Karen sees my boyfriend get up, and she goes and nudges Linda, nodding in his direction, and they exchange looks before finally alerting the rest of the group. Finally, they begin to gather their things, and they're more or less shuffling out. That's when our GM stands up, and he claps his hands together once, and he says, well, who's ready to get this show on the road? Karen sees him doing this, and she comes storming back, getting inches from the GM's face, and she begins screaming at him, saying, what the hell is wrong with you? You're so rude. How dare you start applauding us leaving? 
I have a little girl. What kind of person are you to do something like that in front of her? I've had it at this point, so I grab our GM gently by the arm, pulling him back so I can get between them. His face is bright red, and he's stammering as I do this, to which she begins mocking his stammering, saying, I, 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 shut up. I demand an apology to me and my family. At this point, Linda has returned, and she joins in on the screaming, saying, Stop scaring our kids. I say to her, first off, you're scaring your kids. Second, we not only reserve this spot at noon, which we're now 20 minutes past, but we've been waiting patiently for you to leave. And he wasn't applauding. He clapped his hands together in an excited gesture, once. And he was talking to us. It wasn't even about you, so piss off. Now, I wasn't yelling quite as loud as she was, but I was getting up there, and had moved close enough that she couldn't have gotten around me to go after him again, without having some sort of physical contact with me. I wasn't trying to fight this woman, I was just making damn sure that she couldn't get into his face again. That's when Karen says, How dare you tell me how to raise my kids? Who the hell do you think you are? Get out of my face! It's at this point, she reaches forward, and she shoves me as hard as she can. I stumbled back and I tripped over one of the chairs, landing badly between it and one of the tables. At this point, my boyfriend has returned, with the owner, who's missed everything except the shove and my landing. They both push past the girls to come help me up, while the owner turns on them, threatening to call the police. They begin to tell her that I started it by threatening their kids and they were only defending themselves. And then they went to complain that we were the rude ones, telling her that they had actually reserved the spots and we were trying to steal it. The owner, having reserved the spot for us herself, knew they were lying and called her out on it before going to call the police and banning them from the store. They left before the police arrived, but they still took a statement from me and told me I could press charges. My boyfriend firmly said yes, but I was told that I had to make the decision, and in the end, I wound up saying yes, egged on by my boyfriend, but honestly, it was the look on my GM's face that ultimately decided it for me. They are now banned from the establishment, and the counter-employees have been told to call the police if they see either women again. I did wind up with a few bruises, but other than that, I was fine. My friends all teased me for being a badass and for standing up for our GM. We actually did see both ladies one more time after that. They had come in, just the two of them, and we watched them walk up to the back room and read the reserve sign. They looked like they thought about ignoring it, but then decided to go upstairs, shooting us dirty looks as they went. My boyfriend gladly got up and let the staff know, and the police arrived shortly and kicked the women out. They threw a fit, but we didn't see the rest of it, as they took the arguing outside. Sorry if it's kind of long, I'm not really sure what the appropriate length is. I hope you enjoyed my story, though. Of course, Karen had to take it that far and attack OP for wanting a spot that they reserved in the first place. And the ultimate entitled move is coming back after knowing they were banned from the restaurant. So my family owns a bed and breakfast, and this story takes place during that really big hurricane in 2018. It was when the hurricane had just turned into a tropical storm. Sometime that morning, this lady, who's most commonly known as Karen, called, and this is the following conversation that ensued. So the phone rings, and I pick up the phone and answer with, bed and breakfast, so-and-so speaking. A nice-mannered woman responds with, hi, me and my husband are spending a few nights with you in two weeks and we're wondering if we can bring our son with us. I say to her, we certainly can add another person to your stay. May I ask how old your son is? Karen says, he's 10 years old. To which I say, I'm very sorry, but unfortunately, we don't accept any children under 13 years old. 
At that, Karen says, well, he's very well-mannered and he's very mature for his age. You'd never know he was 10. I say to her, I'm sorry, ma'am, but it's simply policy. Karen says, well, can't you just make an exception? At this point, I can see where it's heading, and usually when we don't want it to get out of hand, we just use this excuse. I say to her, once again, I apologize, but the state says that our bed and breakfast cannot accept anyone under 13. Now, I can refer you to another B&B in the area who would be happy to accommodate your family. Karen says, oh, well, I can't do that. I'll just stay at your business. I say to her, okay, ma'am, anything else I can help you with? At that, Karen responds, of course, how much to add a third person in a separate room? I say to her, to add another person would be whatever the rate on the room for those dates would be. But I must ask, are you referring to your son? Karen says, no, of course not. He's way too young. She said this so unconvincingly. And I ask, may I ask who you're bringing? Karen says, my son. In my head, I'm thinking, what the F, lady? And I say to her, ma'am, as I've said before, we cannot accept anyone under 13. Clearly frustrated, Karen says, well, can I just cancel my reservation then? I say to her, if that's what you wish to do, then of course. We have a 14-day policy that you lie within, so we'll have to keep your first night's deposit. At that, Karen says, I'm not paying for a room that I'm not sleeping in. I say to her, it's our policy, clearly stated when you make the reservation. There's a low chance the room can be re-rented. Now, Karen clearly does not understand this, and she continues to scream at me that I can't take her money because she hasn't stayed with us. Now this goes back and forth, until she just hangs up in frustration. I go ahead and process the cancellation, and I thought that was the end of it. But oh boy was I wrong. And this is where the hurricane comes in. So the phone rings again, and I answer and say, bed and breakfast, how may I? Karen interrupts me and says, I want to cancel my reservation. I say to her, I've already processed the cancellation, so it's taken care of. Karen asked, so I can have my money back? I reply, no ma'am, we have to keep the first night's deposit. She says to me, well I saw your areas being affected by the hurricane. That would be incorrect ma'am, the coast did see some of the hurricane, but now it's a tropical storm. And we expect to see no more than 3 inches of rain by the end of it. At this point, she berates me with more screaming, and she gets her husband on the phone. The husband goes on to say, so there is no way for us to get our money back? I tell him, no sir, it's simply the policy. I say this expecting hell to rain down. The husband just sighs and says, alright, thank you anyway, have a nice day. I tell him, you too. I say that relieved for it to be over, or so I thought. No more than five minutes later, the phone rings, and I answer again, and Karen screams, I want my money, or I'm gonna show up anyway, and I expect to be accommodated. I'm bringing my son. Finally, my dad, who's the owner, overhears this, and he takes over the phone. Now, I don't know what else Karen decided to say for the next few minutes, but I do know my dad doesn't take any crap. My dad calmly responds with, This is my home, as well as my business. If you decide to show up, we'll treat you as an intruder. The cops are no more than a few blocks away, and we have the right to defend our home. My dad then hangs up. He blocks the number, but not before writing it down on a sticky note and pasting it to the calendar on the date of arrival. Luckily for them, Karen and her kid never showed. But if her husband ends up divorcing her and he sees this, I'll happily have you stay at the lodge for a free night. Oh boy, to be married to a person like that, guys. Like, he was probably trying to talk some sense into Karen, but she wasn't having it, clearly. 
And I can also understand her frustration, guys. Like, it seems like their childcare arrangements might have fallen through or something. And that does suck, but that's no excuse to be an a-hole to somebody. There's never a need for all that. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy stories. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's another r slash entitled people episode where Karens are going crazy yet again. If you guys missed it, go check it out. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you.